Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. Week 17 is in the books, and it's not the end of the season. Week 18, still to come, uh, but playoff lives have uh, been sorted out a little bit more, a little bit clearer picture here, finally uh, starting to finally get away with the uh, dead wood here. Playoff seeding, not so much sorted, but uh, at least uh, pretty much know uh, what teams we have here in the playoffs. Are you ready to recap uh, week 17? Yeah, I'm ready to recap the final week. Oh, wait, no, it's not the final week. We still got one more. Yeah, I know. Prepare yourself in a couple years. We're going to have two more. So, uh, <laughs> um you know, I thought we had a great read, really, on this week. We, we talked about a lot of the games on our Sunday show that was live, and uh, I, I thought we read them uh, pretty much uh, right, uh, but still some interesting uh, results and uh, how they got there mixed in there for sure. Yeah, definitely, I would say so. All right, uh, let's kick it off and uh, rip this Band-Aid off uh, right off the start. The Rams played the Ravens, and uh, I-, I think this is one of the ones where you uh, specifically said, uh, didn't know quite what you were going to get out of the Rams here going on the road in the Ravens. And um, we-, we talked about if uh, Matthew Stafford, who's had his turnover issues, gives the Ravens a little bit of a, a boost here. Uh, this could be a much tougher game, and... Uh, that's exactly what happened. Uh, he gave them a little window to get into this game, and uh, the Ravens stuck around here, and uh, they didn't quite pull it out, but uh, Rams got it 2019, take control of the division here. It's not been pretty, but the defense once again looked uh, pretty solid. What do you make of this uh, win here 2019? It probably knocks the Ravens pretty much out of the uh, playoffs. A lot of things have to uh, break uh, right for them to get into the playoffs next week. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the model pretty much for this whole upcoming week is, you know, things have to go right for so many different teams, and the Ravens were one of them. Uh, You know, they came out and they performed pretty well, you know, all things considered with the injuries they've been dealing with. Uh, But, you know, I mentioned it on the show, uh, on our live show last Sunday, how – the Ravens have that type of offense that can really cause issues for the Rams. Uh, you know, they're a really physical offense and they tend to uh, really get in your face. And that's kind of what we've seen the Rams have issues with so far this season. We saw it with the 49ers amongst other teams as well. Um, and, and going into halftime, to be completely honest with you, I, I really thought that this was the Ravens game to lose. And I, I didn't give the Rams much of a chance simply because when you look at the record uh, as far as them leading in the half or being behind in the first half, it's not good. So, you know, I was hopeful, but I wasn't optimistic. And, you know, they managed to turn it around and pull off the win, you know, besides uh, Stafford obviously having a really poor game. Uh, the defense really came together and uh, pulled off the win. So it was a really, really important game for them. Um, and as you mentioned, they take a hold of that division with this last week being the most important one. Yeah. Uh- Let's talk a little bit about the Rams here because the Ravens, uh, you know, just really uh, the last month, the injuries finally just caught up with them. They've basically been throwing, uh, uh, you know, second tier and practice squad guys out there for about the last month here. Um, You know, so Rams, uh, your 2020 outlook here going into the 
the playoffs here. I, I know you have to be confident that the run game continues to look pretty solid here. This was probably Sony's worst game in a couple weeks, but still looked uh, decent enough. Uh, the defense starting to come around looking decent enough, but uh, we, we talked about it over text on Sunday that it's just it's going to be hard to trust this team to win three playoff games when your quarterback gives the team the ball, you know, two to three times extra a game. Uh, you might get away with it once, like you did here. Uh, you might get away with it maybe even twice. But I, it just seems hard to be able to win three playoff games when your quarterback is, uh, you know, just turning the ball over the way he is. It's not even forced turnovers. That pick six was just a sloppy pass in the middle of the field that, I think everybody on the Ravens defense knew what's coming, uh, and he still threw it there. So I, I'm curious your outlook here uh, with the Rams going into the playoffs. They have won like five straight, but the turnovers seem to still persist here. Listen, you know, I, I'm going to try to be the the optimist this, this time around, and I'm going to say that, you know, over the last three weeks or so, Matthew Stafford has looked horrible. And it was one of my biggest concerns coming into the uh, the season during our, our actual preseason show. I talked about how he hasn't been to the, you know, to the playoffs enough times for me to feel confident in his ability to handle the big, the big game or the big moment. Um, and it's, it's kind of reared his head over the last couple of weeks. As you mentioned, he's had multiple games now with uh, pick sixes thrown and not just that, but multiple picks in a game and somehow the Rams have managed to pull off a game. So that's what I'm going to use as my fuel as my motivation to keep me up, you know, uh, optimistic here that they Matthew Stafford has had really poor games and yet he's somehow managed to pull off wins. Uh, and, and big part of it is with the running game, the running game's actually really good. Uh, it just seems that Sean McVay is really kind of stayed away from focusing on just a running attack. And he's put the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands a little too much in my opinion. But like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to remain optimistic and kind of look at the glass half full here. Yes, he's had three horrible games, but those are three wins. So that's ultimately what matters. Yeah, uh, I, I did hear a funny stat, though, the other day. Uh, Matthew Stafford has four pick sixes on the season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has three career pick sixes. Uh, that just, uh, it, it doesn't mean anything, really. It's just sort of funny to think about it. He has four this season, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, who you know, more than likely the Rams will come up against in this playoffs has three for this whole entire career. So it, yeah, it's just I, I, funny. I heard a similar, I heard a similar stat, but it was uh, involving Jared Goff, not, uh, not Aaron Rodgers, And it was something about, uh, you know, I believe it was like Jared Goff in his career with Sean McVay through three pick sixes, his entire tenure there. Uh, and, Obviously, you know, Matthew Stafford has four over the last three weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's not pretty. But like I said, ultimately what matters is that W. Uh, they managed to pull it off, and now we got a huge game coming up uh, this upcoming week against the 49ers. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, the, the thing I'm looking at now is if maybe Stafford can just, you know, maybe uh, have a little bit – I'm looking at him a little bit like that Ravens team that won the Super Bowl uh, maybe about five or six years ago. Uh, really, really good defense. Uh, you know, not 
to the level that the Ravens team in the early 2000s type defense, but a, probably the best defense in the league, which I think this Rams uh, defense is hovering. And, and basically, you know, if you look at it, Joe Flacco, Matthew Stafford, at that point in time, not really all that much difference, you know, playing style. And he caught fire uh, in those playoffs for about a, a four-game stretch. He was hitting balls. And I think that sort of is what's going to have to happen. Now, hopefully uh, you won't pay him, <laughs> you know, a six-year contract. $100 million. Yes, uh, you know, for winning you a Super Bowl. Uh, granted, he's already gotten like two of those. But uh, I, I think that's what I'm looking at. It has to be, you know, a three-, four-game stretch where he just, you know, catches fire, finds his rhythm. And then this team can move on. Uh, the other funny thing, you know, they flashed it up at the end of the game. This was, you know, the 42nd uh, Matthew Stafford, you know, fourth quarter comeback. And I was like, well, yeah, but how many of those is he responsible for for getting them behind? So does it really count if you have a fourth quarter comeback if you're the reason? Uh, basically, you were behind because he uh, essentially his turnovers cost them 13 points in that game. Uh, the Ravens had... 19 in the game. So uh, six points came outside of the turnover. So that's really uh, what I'm looking at there to see if they can make a run because, you know, we'll get to the Bucks, But certainly uh, you can't look at the Bucks right now and be looking at them uh, going into the playoffs uh, at full strength and as a favorite. You look at that Cowboys-Arizona game, you certainly don't look at those two teams going into the playoffs as a favorite. We don't even know if San Francisco is even going to make the playoffs at this point. So, you know, basically the Rams are the second favorite just by default here, and uh, it should be really interesting to see how they come and play uh, next week versus San Francisco. Are you wanting them to seal that division up? And uh, Or are you looking at it like rest our guys it doesn't matter. We're in the playoffs here. I don't think that the Rams are in a position to really consider resting anybody. I think they're in a situation right now where they have to, they have to get hot and they have to clean up all the mistakes uh, because even though that defense has looked a lot better over the last five, six weeks, they're still making mistakes here and there. Uh, but I will say it was nice to see Von Miller finally uh, contribute on some big plays that actually impacted the game. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, we'll move on to our next game here. Falcons went to the Bills. Uh, snowstorm in Buffalo, as you can expect. And uh, Buffalo, it wasn't pretty. Uh, Josh Allen, tough game, but they found a running game here versus the uh, Falcons. It, uh, they pulled it out a, a little bit late. I wouldn't go nice win by the Bills, but uh, they did keep it going there. Uh, you know, I, I think... I got to reiterate my point. You know, I brought this up to you uh, last year uh, during the season that this this Bills team is interesting here because, you know, they play a football style that's conducive to a dome team, a warm weather team. And once again, I think they've been in Buffalo uh, twice in the last couple weeks, both with bad weather. Uh, you assume bad weather will continue uh, to be there in Buffalo. It seems to harm their offense, especially with the way Josh Allen looked today. They just can't get the passing game going when there's, you know, a blizzard outside with high winds, and they seem to struggle. Now, granted, they were able to find the running game here, but my guess is most of the teams that enter the playoffs 
are not going to be the Atlanta Falcons uh, defensive uh, unit. Uh, I don't know if you can find that running game here. So I, I don't know if the Bills can petition to uh, use the Dolphins stadium <laughs> uh, throughout the playoffs, but it seems like a little bit of a problem, certainly since they're staring at about that two seed here, uh, that they're going to have to play home games. But I'm assuming the weather is going to be poor and I don't know if that helps them or hurts them that much because it certainly kept Atlanta in this uh, game here. Yeah, listen, you you mentioned that we look back at that Patriot game that the Bills had, which is, you know, they were pretty hot at, the, at that moment, and then they faced off against the Patriots uh, in pretty bad weather, and the, the Bills did not look like the Bills. Uh, Bill Belichick completely made that team look like a, a rookie team, you know, facing off against an elite team. And that's kind of what we can expect going forward from the Bills. I think if you're going to uh, go into bad weather, uh, Josh Allen had what three interceptions in this game. You know, yeah. it, it was really about that running game. The, if it wasn't for the for them being able to find the running attack, which is one thing they've lacked pretty much all season long. Uh, you know, they ran for over 200 yards on the ground between Singletary and, and uh, Allen, and I think it was what four touchdowns I think total. Yeah. Um, but three interceptions, man. You're not going to win any playoff games throwing three interceptions. And I know the weather was bad. I understand all that. But as you mentioned, we're in the thick of it right now. This is the play, this playoff season. Playoff season does not uh, equal good weather. You know what I mean? Um, we can expect a lot of Certainly bad weather. Not especially in Buffalo. For, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what I was going to say. Especially for teams in the East, you're going to have a lot of bad weather in, during these playoffs. So uh, I, I think it's a little concerning. But listen, just like the Rams situation, ultimately they got the win. I know it was against the Falcons, uh, but I'm sure they'll take it, and hopefully they can clean things up a little bit. Yeah, uh, maybe they can petition the Rams to use their stadium and uh, bring in another team. They seem to want the uh, rental fees uh, for the playoffs here, but uh, they did get the win. Uh, they got one more game, pretty easy game. I look for Buffalo to continue that. It'll be interesting to see if they use their starters, but uh, I, I think they will. I, I want to. They don't totally have the division sealed up here uh there can be a couple things that go on a lot of different things have to go on but uh i i think they will at least uh, use their starters for a half uh here for sure atlanta uh finally um we can move on past them uh here uh i, I guess it's been a okay season four them. i think they've probably won about five more games uh than i thought they would all season long but uh nonetheless uh, move on from Atlanta, and we can probably move on past uh, this game, but uh, I think we have to at least uh, discuss uh, Joe Judge and uh, the psychoness that uh, came uh, from his comments post game. But the Bears 29, uh, Giants 3. Uh, this game was basically the most disgraceful game the Giants have played all season long which is pretty much saying something because it seems to be uh, getting worse uh, from week to week. I think I say this is the most disgraceful game they've played all season long each and every week here. Uh, you know, the only quirky thing about the Bears is technically when Josh Field hasn't played, they're like something like 5-2 and two or 6-2. and two. Um, I don't know if that's uh, now Nagy's going to be using that to try not to get fired. Uh uh, especially coming into this next week where they're going to probably win the game because he, I believe they play the Vikings. Um, and uh, 
the Vikings probably won't be playing anybody worth a crap. So the Bears are going to end up 7-10. and 10. Uh, Hopefully we don't have to go through another naggy era. But uh, anything about this game before we get into Joe Judge and uh, his psycho comments after the game? No, listen, I just want to say that I think it's a really disappointing season for the Giants and their fan base. Um, I, I think a lot of people, uh, may, you know, mainly me, were really high on them coming into the season, thought that they had a lot of uh, – a lot of possibilities to really make some noise in that division, especially as how weak it was the previous season, but they just could not get it together. They were dealing with the injuries. They couldn't, you know, they, there was just no continuity whatsoever. Uh, and obviously, you know, I, I mentioned it pretty much every single week. I think continuity is probably the most important part of any NFL franchise. And they just have not had that this season, you know, just kind of looking over the stats, they didn't even throw for 50 yards. You they threw for more even, yards uh, than the uh, New York Giants uh, this week, which is I, I, disturbing I in its own right. I mean, sorry, I just have to look. Yeah, Mike Lennon threw 24 yards and two interceptions. That's an entire NFL football game. This is a professional football player. Yes, granted, he's not a starter, but this is a professional football player. I could throw for more yards than that. You know, it's just... It's crazy. It's it's been a really bad season for them, and I'm sure a lot of people are probably glad that it's it's just about over. But yeah, I want to hear what you have to say about the uh, the judge comments because I honestly I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. Uh, well, basically, he says they're a, a tight ship organization. Uh, everybody is wanting <laughs> to be here, uh, including players who have left, who have called and uh, said they want to come back and be there. Um, one, that's tampering, so uh, that's a legal uh, way to tell on yourself there if in case anyone is calling and wanting to come back into this New York Giants team. Oh, Plaxico uh, Burris? Yeah, Plaxico Burris. Well, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. I don't know if they want to be on the Giants team. They just might want their high-rise apartment in Soho that they enjoy so much. Um, yeah, uh, basically... Uh, giving a thumbs up to how this organization has played and how they're building on things and how it's going in the right direction. Um, I, I don't know how this is going in the right direction because, like you mentioned, uh, they basically have zero offense. Legit. Like, zero offense. Not like uh, they had 300 yards and a couple turnovers. They basically had zero yards of offense in a professional football game. Uh and it wasn't like they played the Packers here. We're, we're talking about the Chicago Bears. Um, no one is going to mistake this team uh, for a dynasty coming off. And they've already said they're going to bring him back. But I, I just, I don't know how you bring him back and be like, yeah, we're on the right foot. Next season, we're going to kick off. Because it, it's not even like they're, a team that has its salary cap space. If you look at their salary cap space, they have, you know, a couple hundred grand in salary cap space. This is an expensive team. It's one of the most expensive teams in the league. It's not a Jaguars where you look at it and go like, okay, you know, they could buy up basically a whole nother team. Uh, this team's pretty much capped out. So what they are is what they are. And I don't foresee it improving. Maybe you get Daniel Jones back. Maybe you win a couple games, but, this thing is just a mess, mess. And we'll talk about the Jets later, but at least when we watch the Jets, we're seeing strides. It's not 
great, but you're seeing improvement. This has basically been a flat line to not even a flat line. It's gone down uh, year to year. And I just don't see how you can bring him back. I, I think this is just total watch. And you maybe start anew. I, I can talk myself into bringing Daniel Jones uh, back a little bit. I wouldn't extend him off that fourth year, certainly since he hasn't even proven he can stay healthy for a full season. I can talk myself into bringing Daniel Jones back, but I don't see how you can bring Joe Judge back. But they've already said they would. Uh, the Mara family is a loyal family, so I don't know. Just uh, this is ugly right here in the Giants film. Yeah, listen, like I said, you know, to kick off this segment, I, I really had high hopes for this team. I thought they were going to make a lot of noise. Um, just listen, on paper, I like the way they, they were kind of building this 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 team up, this franchise up. But looking at what they put on the field, and I know they've dealt with injuries. I'm not, I'm not going to hold that against them. But at some point, you can't keep using that as an excuse. That can't be, you know, your crutch that you rely on all the time is, oh, we were injured, we were injured. Because so many other teams – get hurt and they still win games. Honestly, when I'm looking at the record, I have no clue how they won four games this year. Yeah, I, I agree. It's stunning. And then I go back and look and, you know, one of them was that like nine, six Eagles game that Eagles uh, win. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, we both lost uh, money on, but <laughs> of course that that's how you get them to win. We got to keep betting against the giants. That's how we're going to get yes. them to win games. Uh, but you know, the other thing, even if you, move on from Joe Judge and Daniel Jones. Like, we talked about it last week. Like, why would somebody like Russell Wilson, who's, you know, been rumored, want to even go into this situation? How is that helping him? How is this situation better than what he has in Seattle? At least in Seattle, I can go, I have DK Metcalf. I have Tyler Lockett. I have, you know, a running back. I just, I don't see who of the big-name quarterbacks would be like, point to that situation and be like, oh, that's a good situation. We can win right off the bat. They aren't. So I don't even think that's where you can put something on. Well, I heard a rumor that there's already an agreement in place since, you know, they like to do a collusion and all that and tampering. Uh, they've already got an agreement with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's coming to play New York next season. So be ready for that. Yeah. I, I'm i obviously joking. Yeah, I believe Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is going to leave this situation where they're the Super Bowl favorite so he can go uh, deal with whatever the Giants are. Um, you know, it's just that thing's such a mess. Uh, we'll probably have to uh, dive uh, into it numerous times in the offseason, certainly during the draft. Uh, you can already make your uh, draft list on what they need, uh, everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll move on past that uh, game. Uh, uh, last question. Matt Nagy's not going to make it back, is he? Uh, even if he ends up winning like these last four games for the Bears, I, I don't think I can do another season. See, that's the part that scares me about it is I, I think that this team is not horrible. You know, we've seen flashes of them actually play good football. Like legit, uh, I think they'd be in the playoff mix if Dalton had stayed. I, I agree with you. And which listen, is disturbing in its own right. And and I was one of those people that, you know, all I kept hearing about in the media was, oh, we got to put fields in there. We got to put fields in. And I, I came out and I said it. I, I was really outspoken about it, how I thought that their best chance of winning was to keep Dalton as a starting quarterback. Um, they they obviously started fields a couple of games and they lost those games pretty badly too. But listen, this team, yes, they're bad, but we've seen flashes of them 
not being so bad. Um, and, and I've got a weird feeling that if he somehow manages to win this last game, they'll bring him back one more year. And I, it's not something I want to see, and it's not something I'd recommend, but I don't know why I'm getting this feeling like he's going to do just enough to keep his job. Yeah, it, it crept in my head, uh, you know, when they won that game, and then it's like, oh, we finished on a four-game winning streak. You see, if it hadn't have been for that little midsection when we were hurt, uh, we would have been great. And I'm just like, oh, this guy... He has a billion lives. He should be starring in the Broadway play Cats. <laughs> All right, we'll move on to probably the best game of the week. Bengals, Chiefs, 34-31. A really entertaining game here. Uh, Chiefs jumped out in front. Uh, Bengals worked their way back into it. And then uh, that crazy stretch uh, to end the game. Uh, your boy, Zach Taylor, uh, deciding to go for it uh, 35 times and unsuccessfully getting it each time. Granted, getting bailed out and uh, finally kicking the field goal to win it. Uh, we'll get into that. But, uh, you know, I, I was really interested in this game. The Bengals stepped up. They looked like they could at least play with the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs really weird second half where they just seemed to... Uh, turn it off a little bit, and then some weird defensive decisions, certainly that uh, third and 27 when they went zero blitz and uh, just left Jamar Chase single covered out there um, after he had already had probably 11 catches for 188 yards. Didn't quite understand that. I'd be very interested what the rematch would look like in the playoffs here. I I think I'd still lean Chiefs here, but... uh, the Bengals at least showed they, they belong and they can play with these uh, top-tier teams here. So a good win there. Uh, what would you make of this game? Listen, I had a feeling coming to this game that it was going to be a really tight game. As a matter of fact, um, I took the, the Bengals as underdogs in this matchup, and it kind of played out the way I thought it would. That second half wasn't exactly what I expected it to be. I think, that, as you mentioned, I think the Chiefs really kind of took their, their, their foot off the pedal. Um, and it came back and it bit him in the behind because uh, we saw the huge game that Jamar Chase ended up having. Uh, and, and I think, listen, I think overall, I think this Bengals team is is a pretty good team. And I think that they can contend with just about anybody. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say about you, even though I took him this week, if if these teams been in the playoffs again, I, I'd probably have to lean more towards the Chiefs. Uh, just because I saw a lot of things that could have gone the other way. Um, and don't even get me started on that fourth quarter uh, field goal to win the game because my wife had a, a pretty sizable bet on, uh, you know, prop bets on, I think she needed four more yards from Patrick Mahomes. And I told her, I said, listen, the Bengals are about to kick a field goal or they're going to score. I said, so Mahomes is going to get the ball back, you know, with like a two minute drill. So I'm like, he's going to get you your yards. Don't worry about it. How did they drain all the time off the clock? That was one of the craziest endings that I've ever seen. And not crazy in the sense where I'm like, what just happened? But crazy in the sense like, is this really happening right now? Yes. Uh, it, it completely blew me out of the water. But listen, good win for them. Um, they locked up their division. Their division, uh, you know, champions now. And now they got they locked themselves a playoff spot. So they got something to look forward to. Obviously, this team is definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, based off the results of last season. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I do think they got – I don't like to blame it on the officials, and I'll probably 
I'm about to go off on the Cowboys for complaining about the officiating in their game versus Arizona. But I did think uh, a handful of calls uh, certainly benefited uh, the Bengals in this one. Not that that decided the game. The uh, Chiefs not scoring a touchdown in the second half uh, decided the game. But uh, it it just sort of, I I thought a couple pass interferences there uh, certainly uh, helped out the Bengals sustain drives. Uh, uh, there and, uh, you know, gave the uh, Bengals a little bit of an edge. But, yeah, that last uh, three minutes on the goal line, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it uh, because it. I don't think you could recreate that where the Chiefs never even get the ball after getting, I don't know, three or four fourth down stops and then the Bengals still wanting to go for it. Uh, and, and then, you know, uh Burrow getting hurt on that, you know, last one. It, it seems like he'll be okay. Um, they, I, I did, they did both test positive. Uh, Mixon and him both tested positive for COVID, so they'll be out this week. Uh, but they had already sealed up their thing, so I, I'm pretty sure those guys were all going to sit uh, this week versus Cleveland anyway. But uh, yeah, just sort of uh, benefited them though. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the second time uh, I I didn't handle that fourth and one. I might have just kicked the field goal and won the game that way because all I could see was them not getting it and then the Chiefs going down and getting a a cheap field goal off of that. But, yeah, uh, good win there. I I will say I'm curious about this, you know, I, I like this Bengals team and everybody's looking to the future, but Burrow, my God, he takes a lot of hits. You know, I we were talking about, uh, you know, like 80s and early 90s quarterbacks. And this looks like a 80s, early 90s quarterback style where he just sits in there and gets blown up all the time. I don't know how long this can last. Uh, but Listen, Not to compare him to Joe Montana, but that's kind of what it reminds me of just watching him on the field. He's, you know, he stands in the pocket. He takes big hits. It's, it's. It's wild to me that you'd put your quarterback in a position like that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's working, uh, so I can't be like, no, don't do that. But, you know, I, I'm not sure he's going to have the uh, longevity of uh, Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady here. I think we're looking at the uh, – because he's not, you know, even like the size of like a Ben Roethlisberger or anything, where he's just a huge man who can absorb, you know, contact, and he's bigger than half the people that are hitting him. It'll just be interesting to see how long he can hold up and, you know, how many years it's, you know, he takes one bad hit and then is out for the year. You already saw that during his rookie year. But, yeah, uh, should be interesting to see how this Bengals team uh, goes in the playoffs. Was a little disturbed by the uh, cigar party uh, because they won the AFC North. Uh, That seemed a little premature, but uh, they're all young. They're having fun. So I, I don't worry about it too much. Hey, we've seen it several times where, you know, this is an accomplishment. And so I can understand it. Listen, they've, they've had their struggles. The franchise as a whole and the fan base have had their struggles for quite some time now. I believe the last time they were in the playoffs was when they had AJ Green and Andy Dalton. Yeah. Uh, and even then they didn't make much noise in the playoffs. So well, they haven't won a playoff game since 1991. <laughs> so listen, it's really, I'm sure it's really exciting for them. A bunch of young guys, you know, Joe Burrow coming off that nasty injury last season that completely put him out for the whole year. And listen, just look at his numbers. I know that he was, uh, he was, you know, the beneficiary of a lot of uh, sketchy calls, let's call it. But the guy missed nine passes, you know, total. 
and he threw for over 400 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, you know, you put that compared to the New York Giants that we were just talking about and, and how they threw for 25 yards. I mean, the contrast is just it's ridiculous. So this seems definitely on, on the upward trend, and I'm sure they're all excited about it. But, guys, don't celebrate yet, you know. You got playoffs to worry about. Let's worry about getting a playoff win first. Yeah, the cigar party will look pretty bad if they lose in the first round of the playoffs like every other Bengals team has done for the last uh, 30 years. Uh, next game, I have to admit, I have uh, become a diehard fan, and I, I have a very big rooting interest this weekend because I just want this team to make the playoffs. But the Raiders uh, went oh, in gosh. Indianapolis and went 23-20. Uh, I honestly don't know how they won this game because he didn't look all that good. Uh, Carr was solid, 24-31, but he, you know, threw two picks, one touchdown. Uh, granted, Jonathan Taylor did what Jonathan Taylor does, uh, but Colts didn't pull this one out, um, give themselves a, a little bit of a have to work for it in uh, week 18 when they could have sealed everything up. Granted, uh, nicely, the calendar falls to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, coming in to uh, win your game, so that always helps. But, uh, you know, um, the Raiders have uh, got themselves win-and-you're-in uh, type game, which uh, honestly is just ridiculously amazing for what this team has gone to and uh, what they're – throwing out there uh you know their best receiver is uh you know hunter renfro uh they haven't had waller for about six weeks now they say maybe he can make it back uh next week but uh honestly i I, i've just become a fan of this plucky little raiders team who i I think everybody wrote off uh, about week four and they're sitting there nine and seven uh with a, a win in your end uh type game so uh what'd you make of this one raiders colts Listen, not to say that this wasn't an impressive win for a Raider team who's dealt with so much adversity this season, but I I did kind of call this one. And my reason for calling this game the way it kind of went out was Carson Wentz. We didn't know what the uh, circumstances were, you know, with this uh, COVID test uh, when he tested positive. We didn't know if he was experiencing symptoms, uh, flu-like symptoms or anything like that that would have really kind of put a damper on his ability to not just practice and kind of, you know, get game ready, but also how he was feeling on game day. We don't know what happened. So I kind of expected this game to go, you know, kind of the way it did. What I didn't expect was for Derek Carr to throw two interceptions and somehow still win this game. So kudos to the Raiders and their organization. They, they've overcome a lot of, a lot of adversity this season. And as you mentioned there now, you know, they hold, they hold their playoff chances in their own hands. Their destiny is within their own grasp. So uh, they have some work to do, obviously. But a shout-out to uh, Dynamite here, who uh, who's calling a tie uh, this this Sunday. Uh, I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember the way the text went, but uh, it's a pretty crazy uh, scenario that he's got playing out here. He has the Jaguars beating Indianapolis uh, because the Colts haven't uh, won there since 2014. I don't know why either of these 2014 teams factor in because I don't think. Why does he even know that? I don't think either of these teams have any of the players from 2014 on their rosters. Uh, And then he has a tie uh, for those uh, aforementioned Raiders Raiders and Chargers games. So, uh, (laughs) I find that highly unlikely, but, uh, you He's know, put the mortgage on it. Yes. You better talk him out of it. 
I, I will say just disappointing for the Colts, and this is, you, you sort of see uh, what can go wrong for them, uh, certainly in the playoffs, because uh, you put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands, and there's uh, no telling what you're going to get. Uh, sometimes it's really, really impressive, like last week when he made that ridiculous touchdown throw, and sometimes he's wheeling around and throwing it left-handed to the other team uh, that's costing his team the game. So uh, it's just, it's going to be hard to really trust them in the playoffs, though I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC. They definitely have one of the better defenses in the AFC, so... They have that going for them, and they have probably one of the most potent rush attacks. Although, if you were to ask Dynamite, Derrick Henry's coming back, uh, and that's going to change. Yeah, I, I'm a little nervous that they uh, don't want him playing on turf just yet. So uh, he's all right coming back. They're a little uh, nervous I, of how the foot will hold up on turf. They want him on plain I, grass. I wish I could show you this thread he sent me as soon as I got home from, uh, from the movies today. Uh, it's just a whole thread with – Different videos on why Derrick Henry's coming back and stronger than ever. Yes, stronger than ever. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, We'll move on to the next game. I don't think we'll spend too much time on this one. Patriots 50, Jaguars 10. Um, Trevor Lawrence threw a touchdown pass. Uh, Wow, really? Yes. uh, That's about the only good I deem from this. Uh, Patriots get the win pretty much clinch a playoff spot, can still sort of, uh, if a lot of bad things happen, win their way into the division. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Give me something on this game other than Jaguars' bad football team. Well, that that I think everybody kind of already knew. The whole Urban Meyer situation was obviously a failed project, uh, which came back and really hurt this team and their progression. Uh, One thing I will say is the Patriots. Uh, I think they're probably one of the biggest surprises of the season. Uh, you know, really young team after all the departures that they had and, you know, people who opted out and all that. We really kind of presumed that this team was basically done and they were just going to be another pushover in the uh, in the AFC East. But Bill Belichick did a great job getting his guys ready. They put together really good defense and now they're in the playoffs. So I got to say it's one of the most impressive stories of the season. Yeah, definitely so. I'll be more interested to see uh, what they do versus Miami next week than uh, what they're doing versus the uh, Jaguars uh, this week. Uh, next game, a uh, little more to talk about here. Buccaneers 28, Jets 24. Uh, weird little coaching decisions not to go up seven and kick a field goal and go for it on fourth and one. Hand the ball to Brady. He goes down, scores a touchdown. Uh, you know, you got the Antonio Brown situation. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't really care uh we all know antonio brown is a little nutty that continued on uh, a little <laughs> a lot nutty uh that being said they still haven't cut him yet so uh I, i'm wondering uh we give a week of breathing room and then uh, all of a sudden uh we need to win playoff games he might uh, work his way back into that lineup but uh you know overall i i thought the jets continued to look a little bit improved each and every week and are closing out the season pretty well. But I, I want to flip this to the Bucks, who are not closing out the season really well. Uh, if Brown doesn't come back, which I assume, they're basically down to Mike Evans and a pretty banged-up-looking uh, Gronk. Uh, the defense uh, continues to not look anything like it, it did last year. I just... 
I'd be very, very surprised if this Buccaneers has a, a playoff uh, run in them. They just, they look a, a little worse for wear uh, entering into the playoffs. It's it's pretty much like the complete opposite of what we saw last year. Yeah, listen, Cyril Grayson and Tyler Johnson really set their game up after that whole situation with Antonio Brown walking out. Uh, but I don't think that's something you can depend on, especially when you talk about the playoffs. You know, these are guys that have very limited experience and not just that, have very limited time on the field because of all the great weapons this team has had pretty much all season long. Um, they obviously don't have Goodwin, who went on to IR. And with this uh, Brown situation, it, it really – I think it really puts a damper on things because you look at the way they ended last season. They weren't the best team by any means, uh, you know, as the, as the season ended last year. But they were probably the hottest team. Yeah. And they rode that heat all the way to the Super Bowl and then winning the Super Bowl. And I don't know if they can do it with all the injuries that they're dealing with all, you know, it just seems like it's too tall of an order for them to fill. Um, I think that they're going to have to find a way to make something work with Brown for the remainder of the the postseason because they need him. Uh, You know, I wouldn't depend on these guys, Grayson, and, and, you know, they had good games, but I wouldn't depend on these guys to be, you know, your go-to guys, uh, especially in big situations. So, I think that if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm a little worried that we're not ending this season the way we ended last season. But I know there was a couple of people that kind of saw this game playing out the way it did. Yeah, That was you and me. Yeah, it sort of played out. And honestly, if Salt Lake kicked the field goal, I think the Jets might have won it. Uh, I, why? I don't know. Uh, analytics. I was this close. I was this close to taking Jets' money line. Analytics. I could have taken the spread. Oh, that would have been fun as you watch them try to go for it on fourth and one. It <laughs> <laughs> gets stuffed and hand the ball right back to Brady as he trots down. But, uh, you know, analytics got insane. Uh, I This Jets team, I, I will say, looks pretty solid. And I, I'm interested next year. They got a handful of draft picks, you know, that they have coming into the draft. I, I think they could start to build a team here. I'm not 100% sold on Sala quite yet. Uh, four decisions like, you know, yesterday, when you can go up seven, kick the ball off, then guess what? When Brady drives down and scores the touchdown, you're tied, you're going to overtime, instead of just handing it and uh, losing. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested on this Jets team uh, next year, but uh, I, I don't... How stunned would you be if the Bucks lost in the first round of the playoffs? I don't think I'd be that stunned. I I think it's sort of snowballing uh, that sort of way. Now, you know, that being said, if it's the Saints or something who worked their way in the playoffs, I'd be a little bit more stunned. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just one of those situations, like I said. Last year, they were really hot coming into the playoffs, and I think, you know, uh, most people kind of expect them to at least advance after that first round, but I don't think many people really gave them much of a shot, but as they just continue to stay hot, we saw what they did. They rode it all the way to the Super Bowl. They're not doing the same this year. So how shocked would I be if they were uh, one and out? Not very shocked. Uh, and it would be understandable, too. They've, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, and they've had guys in and out of the roster. They've picked guys up off the street, and it's been a tough year for them. They've managed to pull off a lot of wins because they have such a good uh, nucleus of players around them. But um, it's hard to maintain for an entire season and – uh, postseason after that. Yeah, for sure. All right, next game up, Dolphins-Titans. Titans won this pretty easy and controlled this game pretty easy. I I, I think we both sort of saw 
the Dolphins offense finally sort of uh, crumble because uh, it had been sort of living in smoke and mirror territory. Uh, you know, they just couldn't hold up uh, to that uh, front line of the Titans. And that's sort of how this played out. Uh, what'd you make of this game? Uh, I think it was sort of what we both expected here. But uh, Dolphins run ends here. I, I think there's maybe like a, a a billion teams have to lose and they have to win sort of way to work their way in the playoffs. But uh, overall, their season's done. But I think in our preview, we, we said they'd be probably around 500, maybe a, a nine and eight type team. Uh, they wouldn't win 10 like they did last year. But uh it was a good close for the Dolphins. Uh, Titans, uh, amazingly, uh, somehow are the one seed here. Uh, and I do think it'd be very important for them to get the bye. Listen, I think that's probably one of the most shocking things of this whole situation this whole season is how the Titans have managed to somehow hang on to that number one seed. You know, they they had it for a little while. They lost it. They regained it. And this is all with their best player going out halfway through the season. Uh, now, that's not to say that their backup hasn't done a, a pretty outstanding job at filling in, you know, Derrick Henry's shoes, but they've dealt with injuries. Also they've dealt with COVID they've dealt with a bunch of different issues. So for them to be in the position that they're in now, I think it's pretty impressive um, for the Dolphins side of the ball here. Listen, I, I have to say, I was kind of expecting a little bit of a letdown from that offense because in my opinion, they hadn't been all that great. They had been doing just enough. Uh, the most surprising thing was that defense and it seems like they just completely folded uh, against this tight against this Titan offense. And it's that's probably the one thing that I didn't expect. I thought the defense would show up and put up a good fight, but the entire team just really seemed to have an off day. And it was a horrible time to do so because they really needed this win if they wanted to keep their chances alive. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I did read that it was like the first time since. I think like 2002, that a five-loss team will be the uh, one seed. But I, I think that pretty much uh, sums up the AFC uh, this year. It's it's a lot of flaws pretty much on every team uh, that uh, we consider uh, one that would be able to go to the Super Bowl. But uh, it, it it just sort of finally came up, uh, you know, snake eyes for the Dolphins here uh, as they made their little run. Good win by the Titans. We'll see if they can... Uh, Hold on and uh, beat the Texans next week. Uh, they had a little trouble with the Texans uh, about six weeks ago, uh, but a little bit more riding on the line uh, in that one. But uh, also, I I wonder if they're going to play to health as well in that one. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that out as well. Uh, next up, uh, Eagles uh, versus the Washington football team. Uh, wasn't pretty uh, by the Eagles, but they found a way to get the win here. I, you know, this sort of played more into, I don't know how good this Eagles team has been. They've really benefited from a, a very, very soft last six weeks. I'm curious uh, to you as a Rams fan who, you know, the Eagles are sort of lining up in that uh, spot where they play the Rams. How much do the Rams, or not the Rams, how much of the Eagles really scare you or you think this will be a, uh, pretty much, I, I don't want to say walk in the park, but uh, a routine win. Because uh, I, I do think the talent level between, you know, Rams and Eagles is pretty vast uh, here. And I think it's just, you see it when the Eagles play 
even a semi-healthy Washington team that they struggle uh, to even get the win in that. Yeah, I think a lot of it's going to be dependent on not just the health of the uh, the rushing attack for the Eagles, but also the health of the not just the health the 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 ability of the defensive line uh, of the Rams to be able to hold uh, a rushing attack because that's one of the things they've struggled with pretty much all season long is teams that rush the rush uh, the ball a lot uh, really heavy run teams that's what they tend to struggle with so I wouldn't be super excited to face off against this uh, this Eagles team simply because they have so many different avenues to which they could run the ball um, but uh, listen they've had an impressive season you know, by their standards, based off what Especially they've done over the last couple of years. we thought they'd probably win about three or four games. I will say exactly. that's what's impressive now, even if the schedule sort of fell your way. Uh, you know, nine wins, maybe ten wins, depending on how that, you know, who's playing who in that Dallas game. But, uh, you know, nine, ten wins for this Eagles team. Uh, you have to just tip your hat and say they really played better than I, I think either of us thought coming into the season. Yeah, I think that if you look at this team as a whole, just based off the results over the last couple of seasons, you have to, if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan, you have to look at this team and be like, regardless of the of the final outcome, whether, you know, we managed to sneak into the playoffs, win a playoff game, or lose one, you know, uh, this was a successful season. It gives you something to build on, you know, uh, build upon uh, going into next season. And you kind of have uh, the dynamic, the DNA of what your, your team's personality is going to be. Um, and then you can go and acquire guys that are going to fit that scheme. So I think it was a successful year for them regardless. And we still got one game left to go, and there's still a lot of different outcomes and scenarios that could play out. But overall, I think this definitely was a good year for an Eagles and Eagles fans. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, uh, disappointing for Washington overall, but uh, I-, I thought they'd be a little better, but defense never really showed up. And then yeah, I-, I don't even know how to – you know, sort of summarize the the last half of their season. They were basically playing practice squad guys for the last three weeks. So really hard to get a gauge on on what this team is. Uh, If if you were Washington, would you bring back uh, Heineke here? Or is, is it? I think it, I think it really depends on what's available. You know, if there's someone out there, as you mentioned, a, a guy like Russell Wilson, for example, who, you know, if there's a possibility Outside to get a guy like Russell Wilson. stadium railing is falling down as people exit. <laughs> I don't know if you, you know, not to go off subject here, but I don't know if you heard the story. I was reading it this morning. Um, Jalen Hurts wrote a letter of concern, uh, and he sent it off to the NFL and to, uh, you know, was the FedEx field? Is that, yes. is that what? Uh, where he was basically trying to figure out what the steps are that they're going to take to ensure that this kind of stuff doesn't happen again. I just think it's hilarious when an NFL player goes out of his way to write a letter, uh, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do to maintain someone else's stadium. Yeah, well, I, I think when you uh, see the stadium crushing upon you, <laughs> you become you know, a little bit more nervous. Uh, you you know, know what it reminds me of? Six it weeks ago, of- sewage was leaking out of the place, and now railings are falling down. Listen, and I think it's almost like a uh, you know a testament to what the franchise has been going through yeah. over the last couple of years, you know, it seems to be in turmoil and the stadium seems to be in turmoil as well. But, uh, you know, it kind of reminded me of that Reggie Bush, uh, St. Louis Rams back when they were in St. Louis at the Edwards Jones dome. And he caught a pass, I believe, uh, some screen or something or dump off. And he ran off to the side and 
he tried stepping on the sideline and he stepped on concrete or something. He slipped and he tore his, uh, his, his ACL and he was out for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, it's just things you don't want to see happen. You want to, if you, these guys are going to get hurt, you want to see it done in a competitive fashion, not in, uh, you know, once the game's over or once the play's over where it doesn't really matter. Yeah, let's not kill Jalen Hurts by a stadium falling on him. All no, right, please don't. don't. We'll move on to the next game here. Uh, Chargers-Broncos, uh, we, we got good Chargers uh, this week. Good Chargers. Uh, everybody seemed to be back. Uh, we got uh, Drew Lock Broncos. I think that pretty much sums uh, <laughs> If I just say Drew Lock Broncos, you can pretty much assume nobody is scoring points uh, in Denver and uh, sort of a, a whimper to close out this Denver team. But uh, I, I don't think at any point, even though they got in and around, uh, you know, 500, they're pretty late in the season. I think we both sort of saw the the sort of wool being pulled over our eyes by the Broncos team. Uh, Chargers get this win. Uh, they would have made it a lot easier if they'd gotten the win last week versus the Texans, but they're in a showdown here with Oakland, basically win in your end type game. Uh, what do you make of the or Chargers? <laughs> yeah. What do you make of the Chargers here? What do you make of this game? Listen, I think it's the most impressive thing uh, for this Chargers team is how young they are and how far they've come. You know, you think about the Chargers back in San Diego with Phillip Rivers, and the guy was a beast. You know, he was constantly putting up big numbers and throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, you know, Antonio Gates and, and, you know, Tolbert and all those guys. And they had a really good offensive unit. And you look at this Chargers team, yes, they're lacking the defense, but offensively they've done really, cool, uh, really well. I believe that Herbert surpassed Rivers this, this week um, in passing touchdowns uh, in a season for the in Chargers history. So, I got to say, that's really impressive. Now, a lot of people are talking about records that are going to be broken this year because of that extra game. Um, so I'm kind of looking at this week as the cutoff week for breaking records. Yeah. Uh, so Herbert was able to do it. And I think that's really impressive for a guy in his second year uh, to just come out and really take control of that offense the way he's done. And uh, yes, it would have been much better if they would have won last week, but they got the win this week, and now they got a really important game coming up against the divisional rival. Uh, and, and I think they're going to be able to do it. But obviously, a lot remains to be seen. The game still has to be played. But overall, successful season for this Charger team. I'm telling you now, Napoleon Kaufman Oakland Raiders jersey is coming out for Friday's show. Really? Yes, I want to see you wearing it. All right. Uh, we'll move on uh, to the next game, 49ers-Texans. Uh, this one wasn't pretty. Uh, Trey Lance got the start. Uh didn't look great in that first half, but uh, made that little drive uh, to get that field goal. And, and then second half uh, started to look a little bit better. Uh, I, I just don't know what to make of this uh, Niners team. It There are parts at times I, I see good, and then there are just parts at times I, I see bad. Uh, basically, win versus the Rams and you're in, uh, but... I don't know if it's as easy as that uh, for these Niners, especially since it might be Trey Lance going against those Rams here. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know how healthy Jimmy Garoppolo is, uh, but that being said, the Niners have tended to own the Rams over the last, uh, you know, handful of years. But honestly, we we didn't get into it, but 
I think it would probably behoove the Rams uh, to beat this Niners team and uh, get the Saints, who we haven't got to, into those playoffs. Because Saints seems like a much better matchup than someone like the Niners, uh, certainly to go up against. Oh, definitely so. I would say that as a Ram fan... We're getting to Saints Carolina as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'd I'd much rather see them play the Saints than the Niners. But listen, Trey Lance... You know, he ran the ball a few times in that game, uh, not too many, you know, but he was effective enough. I believe he averaged around four point, about four yards per carry. And then they he had doesn't Mitchell come back. He shy to try to run over people, which uh, <laughs> I, I might advise to pass on. No, listen, I, I want to see him try that against Aaron Donald. You know, that's what I'd really like to see. But, you know, Mitchell came back from injury and uh, had a really good game running the ball. And listen, this Niner team. <laughs> It's so weird because when I think about them and, and I think about their wins, it seems like a really impressive team. But then I also look at the rest of their of their losses and I'm like, how do they lose this game? How do they lose that game? And it just it seems like a team that's trying to, you know, uh, climb the mountain and, and they're definitely making progress, but they're not quite at the top yet. Uh, they're not the best that they can be. Uh, and, and I think that there's still some growing to do here. But. Overall, based off all the injuries they dealt with last season, this has to be a successful season for them, regardless of the outcome. Uh, you know, this upcoming week, obviously they would like to win the game, and I think they're going to come out and play really hard. You know, they know that they have this Rams uh, team's number. They they've done it pretty much every single season, and they're in a good, uh, good, really good position to you know punch in a playoff ticket. So, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a successful year for them. Uh, as a Ram fan, I don't want to see the Rams play them. Um, but I do have to give credit where credit is due, and I think they've done a pretty good job at you know uh, overcoming the uh, the the hurdles that they had to deal with last season. Yeah, uh, I, I think this is one of the teams we haven't been able to read pretty much uh, all season long. I I think we're off like every Friday. We try to figure out what's coming out of the Niners. Uh, you, you either get the monster pass rush and a defensive uh, lockdown and. Uh, you know, just a, a tight offense that uh, is explosive or we get what we got, uh, you know, two weeks ago versus the Titans. It looks good for 20 minutes and then it just completely melts in the second half. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with versus the Rams. Uh, I, I'm curious, uh, would you rather play the Niners or the Cardinals uh, if you had a choice in that first round matchup, because I I think the Cardinals are hovering right around that uh, spot where the Rams are. It's hard to make since, you know, basically every spot other than the one is, uh, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, up for grabs here. Yeah, the NFC has been really competitive this season. Um, but listen, if I had a choice, I would honestly have to say I'd rather play the Cardinals uh, simply because, Yes, they have a lot of superstars, and they, they seem like they're probably one of the most, you know, potent teams this season, um, you know, barring the last couple of weeks where they've had a little bit of a drop-off. But they've been definitely one of the best teams so far this year. Even with all that being said, I think that the Rams are built to go up against teams like the Cardinals um, and not so much teams like the, like the Niners, teams that are going to punch you in the mouth, unless we see that change in offensive philosophy that I've talked about before with the Rams and they turn into a more run-heavy team, then they, I feel like they could match up well against anybody. But if they're going to play the way they've been playing pretty much all season long, I'd rather face off against the Cardinals. Yeah, 
Definitely so. And uh, speaking of uh, said Cardinals, Cardinals Cowboys, 25-22 Cardinals. I I think we could uh, pretty much call this the fallen star game because, uh, honestly, I watched a lot of this game. Uh, We we talked about it. We had this game pegged. We thought the Cardinals would be the uh, play here. Turned out to be the play, but uh, I watched both these teams play. I, I was seriously underwhelmed by both uh these both are just looking bad and you know we we got we got a nice little lift off on the cowboys last week and Dak put up a bunch of big numbers but uh it, it pretty much looked the same as it looked the last couple of weeks before that big one versus the uh washington practice squad i don't know what's going on with them but uh eh, i i it's just eh with both these teams right now. I I don't think either could make a run, and honestly, I would not be stunned if either got beat uh, in that first round. Yeah, listen, both of these teams have been somewhat reeling over the last couple of weeks. Now, I know that the Cardinals obviously got a big win this week, and the Cowboys got a big win uh, the previous week. But, you know, I think that we've both kind of been down on both of these teams over the last few weeks. Uh, because we've definitely seen a decline in not just efficiency, but, um, you know, it's, I know it's not a measurable item, but heart. Like, I just don't see heart for me to one of these teams. You know, there seems to be a lot of pouting, a lot of moodiness, a lot of throwing up their hands when things don't go their way. And that's just not the the mark of a, of a championship caliber team, in my opinion. Um, and listen, you know, obviously things could change, but, you know, just – Going based off the way they've played over, you know, this last month, uh, I would say that both of these teams, I would not be shocked if they both uh, were out after the first round. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a little bit Cowboys after the game complaining about the refs and the holding calls and, you know, uh, maybe complain about the uh, biggest, most explosive play on offense uh, was not done by your uh, $40 million a year quarterback, but was a half or a wide receiver pass by Cedric Wilson. You know, uh, maybe find that explosiveness on offense uh, for whatever reason, uh, probably because Zeke might still be a little banged up. I don't know, Uh, but they have just decided never to run the ball again. I, I don't quite know why that is, uh, but uh, I, you're paying a lot of money for a running back that you've decided you don't want in the offense anymore. I, I just don't understand this Cowboys team. The one thing I could say about the Cardinals, their defense looked uh, much better than it had the, the previous couple weeks. Uh, they, they aren't the kind of defense that shuts you down, but they have that you know big front line that can get sacks, they can throw exotic blitzes, and they make, you know, big plays like that fumble that they got from Dak. There were a couple passes that probably should have been picked that didn't get picked. Uh, So if I was looking glass half full on the Cardinals, that defense might be able to win them a game or two in the playoffs. But offensively, I didn't see much uh, that I thought was all that impressive on that side of the ball, and that continued. But, uh, yeah, Cowboys maybe not complain about holding. Uh, maybe find your offense and the quarterback you're paying uh, $40 million to, who uh, if you want to go, you shouldn't go 
really base everything off QBR. But if you look at Dak's QBR, it, it's sitting in the uh, mid-20s with a lot of quarterbacks who we've asked questions, should they be back uh, next year? So uh, I, I think that's the problem right there. Yeah, I, but I mean, it's been pretty much an ongoing situation with them all season long. The reason why the, the Cowboys have been so successful this season is because their defense has been basically living off the turnovers. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen their their linebacker and, and their young cornerback have outstanding seasons for, for young guys, you know. And you look at the numbers for the wide receivers, and, you know, we expect the big things from CeeDee Lamb this year. We obviously expect the big things from their, their other wide receivers, and they just haven't really produced. Now, it hasn't been every single week. They've had good games, obviously, here and there. But I think that based off what we are accustomed to seeing from this Cowboys offense, this isn't even close to what we expected. Yeah, definitely so. All right, uh, next game. Uh, hey, we just uh, this one made my eyes bleed a little bit. But uh, Saints eighteen, Panthers ten. Uh, Saints defense came to play. Uh, that's about all I got on this one. Uh, I Matt Rule uh, blaming the uh, Panthers offensive line and not Sam Darnold uh, for the poor play this week. Uh, I don't know if he's hedging his bets and might have to bring Darnold back next year, or he continues to just say things to uh, try to get himself fired. Uh, nothing on the Cardinals in. Good win by the Saints. Uh, you know, uh, Taysom Hill, not pretty, but effective I'd go with but uh I don't know what to say about these two teams Saints are ugly but find ways to win uh Panthers are ugly and uh never win listen at least the Saints team which we know offensively they were going to have their struggles we've known that the, their best asset had this this year has been their defense and at least they've shown up in half the games at least um whereas the Panthers we expect the good things from their defense you know they start off the season three and oh and they're currently what five and eleven yes uh, i mean they've lost 11 of their last 13 games none of them uh, close really either ex- exactly it's just it's just bad football bad coaching i think it's it's the entire organization needs a complete revamp uh you know they invested a lot of money in guys that just can't stay healthy and uh not just that they've invested money and picks in guys that other teams didn't want because they just weren't working out. So I don't know where the franchise goes from here. Uh, I really like this Carolina team. I thought that they would do a lot better than they did, but uh, obviously it wasn't meant to be. And, you know, now they're going to be sitting at home while everyone else is uh, getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I I will say uh, Marquez Calloway uh, showed up. Uh, So nothing like uh, going uh, 17 weeks and doing nothing in fantasy and showing up in week 17. Uh, Score to everybody's wide receiver sleeper. Nice. (laughs) All right. uh, Next game, uh, we'll make it short and sweet. Seahawks 51, Lions 29. Uh, Basically two teams going nowhere, playing a meaningless game. Uh, Russell put on some stats. I will say that, but... uh, I don't know. Meaningless game. Tim Boyle at quarterback. Uh, anything on this one? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Disappointing season for the Seahawks. Not not used to seeing the Seahawks. Same season uh, as always much. for the Lions. Yes, the Lions. <laughs> kind of a broken record type situation. But uh, the Seahawks, I think, were probably the biggest disappointment in the uh, NFC West when a lot of people anticipated uh, all four of these teams to be vying for a playoff spot. 
Yeah. Uh, next up, Packers, uh, Vikings, 37-10. Uh, Sean Mannion started at quarterback. Uh, I don't know. Packers, much better than Vikings. Scared up uh, one seed overall. Uh, Rodgers, really good. I, I just, I don't see any way that you could not make him the MVP. I, I know people probably, some people won't vote for him, but uh, with the Colts at barely above 500, I guess you could talk yourself maybe a little bit into Cooper Cup, but uh, I just... Or it, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, but the Colts losing that game, how can he be an MVP and you're 9-7? and seven? That's, you know, granted, you know, there's probably a handicap there with uh, Carson Wentz as your quarterback, but, you know... Uh, overall, I, I think you got to just hand it to Rodgers and whatever. But uh, anything on this game other than Packers continue to look pretty solid. Defense no, looked you know, a little better this week. But, I mean, it's a heartless Vikings team with Sean Mannion at quarterback. So I, I don't know what to go with there. Now, you, you, listen, you mentioned it. Uh, the most telling, the most important fact of this game was the fact that the Packers clinched the uh, the number one seed in the NFC and home field advantage throughout the playoffs uh, for the NFC side of the ball, at least. And not just that, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers solidified his uh, his status as the MVP, or at least the uh, the the incumbent M- MVP uh, of the league. I think it's been cemented pretty much. And listen, this is coming from a Ram fan who thought that what Cooper Cup did this year was completely amazing, uh, but you just can't take it away from Aaron Rodgers. The fact that regardless of who they have available at running back or at wide receiver or how the defense is playing or, you know, what the, uh, the critics are saying about him, nothing phases this guy. And and he just, he's just a winner. Uh, Whether you like him or not, the guy's a winner. So he's probably going to win the MVP and and I'm not going to be upset about it. Yeah. Uh, One question uh, on this one, they locked it up. Uh, they probably won't play Rodgers and Adams and and those guys in week 18. That now gives them two weeks off. That always gives me a little bit of a, I don't know. Uh, it just seems like it always takes you a, a quarter, quarter and a half to refine your rhythm here. I don't know if you risk playing those guys a little bit. Because, you know, something happens to Rodgers, something happens to Adams. I, I mean, even if something happens to, like, Jones, you, you put yourself in a bad situation. So I, I just don't know what to do. There's not really a right or wrong answer. Uh, it, it, I just, it always throws me when you have to sit two weeks. That seems to throw you off a little bit. You get off to a slow start in, in those playoff games. Uh, would you sit your guys just fully in this one, or are you – try to give them a little bit of, uh, you know, run in the next game. See, I, I would. I don't think that there's anything left to prove for this Packer team. I think that they've pretty much made the statement that they wanted to make, which is that they're probably the best team in the NFC, if not the NFL. Um, but I have a feeling that uh, Coach is thinking about this, and it's probably sitting in the back of his mind. So I have a feeling that they're going to dress and they'll play um, maybe a quarter, uh, maybe two quarters uh, for this last game. And then those are sit guys. Now, hopefully no one gets injured. Obviously that's not the way you'd want to see things uh, play out, but I think they play them uh, just because they know that they're going to get that bye week. So uh, I expect them to play, even if it's for just a quarter or even a few series, uh, just to kind of try and get them uh, at least in, in rhythm here because they will get that week off. Yeah. Uh, 
the second it looks like Rogers is going to get touched, the lights start to yep. <laughs> abandon oh. ship pretty quick. Yep. I don't, I don't care if that the one and they're getting ready to score. You pull them as soon as, as soon as someone smells them, gets close enough to sniff them. You pull Rogers. All right. Uh, last game of the week, Browns Steelers. Uh, this was Ben's last game at home. Uh, Went good for the Steelers. Also secured that Mike Tomlin continues uh, to never have a losing record, uh, which, honestly, uh, if Mike Rabel hadn't have gotten that team to uh, at least the sniff of uh, uh, the one seed out uh, of the AFC, uh, to get this team anywhere near uh, 500 uh, is basically a modern miracle. Uh, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, 24 for 46, 123 yards. Uh, anyone who's doing math, that's 2.7 yards per attempt. Uh, that's not very good on fast plays. Uh, this is just not a great Steelers team, but uh, they at least keep kept themselves in the mix, and they just know how to win games. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, kudos to Ben for getting this win to end the season. Uh, Brown season just... Uh, Complete loss cause, and uh, I think we'll go into the offseason asking questions about what we do with uh, Baker Mayfield here. Yeah, listen, you know, first off, kudos to, to Harris, who uh, yeah, had one of the best. Uh, yeah, man, he had, a, he had a really good game, uh, you know, in a matchup where a lot of people anticipated probably Nick Chubb to be like the leading rushing uh, uh, running back. He ended up uh, with, with a ton of yards, and he helped his team pull off the victory in a really important game for uh, big Ben, you know, maybe not so much for standings and things like that, because they're still in the mix, but there's, it's another one of those situations where so many things have to go right for them. But, you know, big Ben made it public that this was his last game at Heinz field. And, you know, Harris came out and he performed, he, he made sure that they were going to go away with the win on his last game at home. So kudos to him, really good season for him for a young, young running back. And I think at least it gives, Pittsburgh Steelers fans hope that you know you've got a franchise running back. Now, you know, comes the hard part, which is replacing, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh legend, uh, Big Ben. Uh, whether you like him, whether you don't like him, whether you, you think he stayed too long, there's no denying that, you know, he's a legend in Pittsburgh and uh, he'll go down as one of the greatest in Pittsburgh. Um, and, you know, he had a good career. So, you know, you got to tip your hat off to him and uh, as he bids farewell. And maybe he sticks around a little bit longer uh, uh, if they can sneak in, but it seems unlikely. You just want that so you can bet against him in that first round of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, him and his 2.7 yards per attempt. All right, that wraps up our week. What do you got for best of the week on the offensive side of things this week? All right, let's see. Sorry, I had to put uh, Rascal down here because uh, he's really clingy today for some reason. Uh, for best of the week on offense, I am going um, – oh, that's my worst of the week. Sorry. I can... uh, best of the week on offense. Uh, shout out to Jonathan Taylor, who passed Edron James for most rushing yards in the season uh, in Colts history, and Cooper Cup, who passed Isaac Bruce for most receiving yards in the season in Rams history. But the honor goes to Jamar Chase, uh, wide receiver from the Bengals, who had a ridiculous 11 catches for 266 yards and three touchdowns as he helped his Bengals clinch their division. Yeah, uh, I don't think uh, 
you can go any other way. And if you can, you probably need to think about your life decisions here. But uh, Jamar Chase, uh, definitely so. Now, uh, you might want to question why the uh, Chiefs continued to single cover him the whole game. Uh, but that being said, uh, he made them pay when they single covered him. So, yeah, Jamar Chase. On the defensive side of things, where are you going? Uh, for best of the week on defense, I'm going to go with somebody who didn't really get love this season. And as we get close to the end, obviously, you know, you want to try and be a little inclusive with certain people. So I'm going with Robert Quinn, defensive end of the Bears. Um, it's been a journey for Quinn, who was touted as the next big thing in St. Louis when he led the league in sacks. The Bears haven't had too much to celebrate, but Quinn has been getting it done when healthy. Quinn had a fumble force and a sack. He now has 18 sacks on the season, which is the most he's had since he recorded 19 sacks back in 2013 for the St. Louis Rams. He is currently second in the league behind just T.J. Watt. Yeah, uh, good game for Robert Quinn. Good season for uh, Robert Quinn. North Carolina, pride, baby. Tar Heels. Uh, the mighty, mighty Quinn. I'm going with Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker of the Arizona Cardinals. Both just played lights out in that game and really if you want to look to a reason why the Cardinals won that game Isaiah Simmons Buda Baker hell of a game uh they played uh and Isaiah Simmons making that ridiculous force fumble on deck as the Cowboys uh drove down there to try to uh even that game up so uh Isaiah Simmons Buda Baker on the Arizona side of things all right coach of the week uh best best of the week for coach the only reason I'm giving him the nod is because I'm not sure if we will see him again until next season, but I'm going with Mike Tomlin for Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, coach came up with a hell of a game plan to send his quarterback off uh, with a big win. And as you mentioned it, uh, that win also makes sure that he won't have a losing record. Now I talk constantly about continuity pretty much every single week. Uh, and there's no, there's no bigger sense of continuity here than Mike Tomlin uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, Mike Tomlin, best of the week. We're on the same wavelength here. For me, Mike Tomlin, uh, to get this team uh, at least to 500, they might even get uh, to 9-7 and seven if they can beat that uh, Ravens team uh, next week. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just an amazing job by Mike Tomlin. I, I know they probably won't get into the playoffs, but, I, I mean, to get this Steelers team, uh, which is – you know, should be something like what Carolina is right now and a handful of those other teams that we have basically just brushed off in our review as terrible football teams. To put this team even in that mix is just one hell of a coaching job. So Mike Tomlin uh, for me as well this week. All right, worst of the week, where are we going? Worst of the week on offense, I'm going with wide receiver from Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown. You know, last I heard he was technically still on the team, but I'm sure it won't be for long. Brown managed to prove the critics right as he walked out on his team mid-game while they were down to the Jets. Brady and company managed to pull the comeback. No thanks to the diva of all divas, Antonio Brown. Worst of the week. Yeah, uh, it's probably low-hanging fruit, uh, but uh, the Giants. And uh, I, I guess we probably have to go a little bit with Mike Glennon, but uh, I'm just going the Giants offensively because, uh, you know, Saquon needs a little uh, 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 thrown in there. And, and just overall, Giants offensively, certainly the worst of the week. Uh you can't even say offensively because they literally didn't do anything on offense. Absolutely nothing. So uh, Giants on the worst of the week for me. What do you got on the defensive side of things here? 
Let's see. For worst of the week on defense, I'm going with the Dolphins. In a game that carries significance, the Dolphins' defense, which has been their best unit, completely folded to a Titans offense that, although currently in first place in the AFC, has seen its struggles with injury and efficiency and gave up 34 points. The offense didn't help them as they managed to put up just three points. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to a unit that had been improved, uh, the Chiefs here. It, it, it just just odd game plans. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned that third and 27 in our review where they went cover zero and just left Chase out there, uh, which basically flipped the whole game on that one, and the Chiefs probably would have run just interesting. Now, I don't know how much of that was just to see, uh, you know, what the Bengals were doing. Uh, assuming they will probably play again in the playoffs and such, but uh, it, it just it wasn't as clean as we had seen in the past couple weeks for the Chiefs. So uh, Chiefs, worst defense on the week for me. All right, on the coaching side of things, where are we going? Uh, for worst of the week, I am going with Kevin Stefanski, the 2020 AP Coach of the Year. Really gave this one away. Well, Kind of. Uh, you know, the winning formula for his team has been to pound Chubb, and he got away from it early on. And uh, they got down before trying to implement the running game again when it didn't look like it mattered. The Steelers beat the Browns in time of possession by nearly 10 minutes. You expect better from the coach of the year, regardless of his team being out of the playoffs or not. So, Kevin Stefanski, uh, worst of the week for coaching. Yeah, uh, Stavansky definitely in there. Probably uh, uh, most disappointing on the season for sure. But uh, I'm going with the uh, Joe Judge. Uh, not just post comments, but just game overall. It's just uh, bad uh, there. And uh, it, it, oh, God, I can't even, <laughs> it's disturbing how it's poorly. It's got you flustered. That, yeah, it's disturbing how poorly that Giants game was. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Joe Judge for me. All right, that's our show. We'll be back later in the week on Friday to discuss week 18 of the NFL season, sort out how these playoffs are going to look, and then be sure to catch us on the playoffs. That should be a, a fun time as we close out this season. But, yeah, week 18, we'll get into it on Friday. Where can we find you, Achilles? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles, and you can find me on TikTok at That Dude Achilles. All right, that's our show, and we're out.